I've been doing a series titled, A Walk Through the Bible, Jesus in the 66 Books of the Bible. And uh, so far, we have done four books. And we are doing, so I've decided that we do the first five books of the Bible and look at Jesus in the first five books of the Bible written by Moses. And then, in the last day of the Bible school, I will conclude with Jesus in all the books of the Bible. So, so far, we have looked at Jesus in the book of Genesis. Can you put it on the screen? We have looked at Jesus in the book of Genesis. He is the seed of the woman, Abel's offering, Noah's ark, Abraham's lamp, and Hagar's angel. We have looked at him in the book of Exodus. Uh, he, we saw him as the Passover lamp the light in Goshen, the pillar of clouds and fire, water from the rock, and manna from heaven. Then we jumped the book of Leviticus because I wanted to teach it today. So we jumped to the book of Numbers and we saw that he is the cloud over the tabernacle, the water of cleansing, the star of Jacob, and the bronze snake. And then we also looked at Jesus in the book of Deuteronomy, he is the Lord that goes ahead. Um, he is the Lord that fights for you and the Lord that searches a place for you. Today, I want to look at Leviticus and I'm going to try to make it snappy so that all of us can get home and be with our families. The book of Leviticus. The book of Leviticus records five offerings. Lord, we come before you and we ask that you speak through your servant and bless the gathering of your people like never before. So the book of Leviticus actually records five offerings, the five main types of offerings. And I want to lead you to the conclusion that on the cross at Calvary, Jesus put all these five offerings together and was sacrificed for us. That is where I'll be leading you. But let's begin by reading Romans chapter 12, the verses 1 and 2. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. To give your bodies to God. Because, because of all he has done for you. To give your bodies to God. Because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. The kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. No, this is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. New Living Translation. I want to repeat a session of this scripture. I plead with you to give your bodies to God. 
to give your bodies to God because of what he has done for you. And let them be a living and a holy sacrifice. I pray with you to give your bodies to God. It is so much very easy to give money to God. To give resources to God. It's so much very easy. If it is not easy for you to give money, to pay your tithe, to give resources, to give your car, to give your house, to give material things to God, then you are not yet at where you can give your body. Because the most difficult offering that you can give is to offer your body to God. Apostle Selim read a scripture where a king took his child and sacrificed that child. Abraham took Isaac and was ready to sacrifice Isaac. The highest form of sacrifice is human sacrifice. And a human sacrifice, you are killed, your blood is spilled, and you die. But God is not calling for a kind of sacrifice that will lead to your death. But a kind of sacrifice that will lead to eternal life. He said, give me your body as a living, not a dead, as a living sacrifice. As a living sacrifice, not a dead sacrifice, but as you are alive. Now, Peter asked Jesus, we have led things to follow you. We have led wives, we have led houses, we have led things to follow you. Jesus said, you'll get reward for that. You will get rewarded for that. So don't talk about that because by all means you get. Because you see, Jesus wanted to move the conversation to another level. To another level. Where, where, you see, when you give your car, you get reward. When, when you give your house, God will reward you. When you sow money, God will reward you. But when you give your life, when you give your life, it is not about reward. It's about you appreciating God and giving yourself to God. A sacrifice does not expect anything in return. So I'm paying my tithe because I'm believing God for marriage. I'm sowing a seed because I'm believing God for this. That is good. But it is the lowest form of sacrifice. The real sacrifice is to take your life and say, Lord, I'm ready to die for you no matter what. I'm giving my life to you as, as holy. I'm giving my life to you. And I'll come there. I'll come, I'll come back here to conclude what I'm going to share with you. But quickly, let me show you the, the offerings. The first is the burnt offering. The burnt offering in Leviticus um, chapter 1. And let me not just read all. But the burnt offering... The first time that the word burnt offering was used was when Noah got out of the ark. And the Bible said he offered a burnt offering. But it's believed that Abel's offering was also a burnt offering. And uh, Abraham's offering of Isaac was also actually going to be a burnt offering. The, the sheep that God gave him to offer was a burnt offering. The Hebrew word translated burnt offering here is is a smoke rising up 
and God smelling it as a sweet smelling savor. So the whole of the Old Testament was about offerings. You couldn't go before the Lord without an offering. As part of the, of the protocol arrangement to go before the Lord, you had to go with an offering. You couldn't go to the Lord empty-handed. As part of the protocol arrangement for the forgiveness of your sins, you have to go before the Lord with an offering. Like, like this morning, some of you will be carrying um, elephants because your sin will be too big. <laughs> some of you will be carrying whales. Some of you will be carrying lions because the nature of your sin, it will take the blood of a lion for God to overlook it. But you see, you would have to carry something. And I being the high priest here with my Levites will be waiting for you there. You bring the offering. It's not now that we have to do appeal for funds. No, there was no appeal for funds in the church. There was no appeal for funds. You yourself, you will bring it. But you see the way God has been opening the earth and swallowing people alive when they sin against him. You yourself, you will bring it. Nobody will call you and tell you to bring him an offering. And we the priests will be here. We will be receiving the offering on behalf of the Lord. There was only one offering that the priest doesn't get much from that offering. It was called the burnt offering. Where the whole offering was sacrificed to God. Now, that burnt offering was a symbol of total dedication to God. So, so it wasn't only because you have sinned and you know you have sinned but sometimes people brought it just to express their total dedication i am devoted to you but have a wholehearted devoted to you lord so if there is a sin in my life i have come with an offering and i'm bringing this offering and i'm not touching anything and i'm burning that offering Sometimes it was the duty of the priest to do it. But in some cases, individuals came and did that offering, the burnt offering. It is, it is, it is a symbol of how Christ gave everything he was up just to sacrifice himself. He was God. He gave it away. He was the resurrection and the life. He dropped it. He was a king. He became a servant. He was, he was, he was God. He became a human being. He could command angels to fight for him, but he allowed to be beaten. He was a miracle worker, a healer. He could raise the dead and yet he chose not to heal the bruises in his body. Because if he did it, you would not have been here today. He gave all that he was. When he hanged on the cross. It was a total devotion. He looked at you. And felt that you deserved him in total. He looked at you and felt that he does not want to cover part of your sin and leave other ones for you to bear. 
was it was it was a total total sacrifice that the Lord did for you that is why he demands that you love him with all your soul with all your might and with all your heart he's not going to take 99.9% from you he wants all of you if you can't do it don't start because he gave you all he gave you all he gave you all he gave you all and I can imagine in a love relationship when you are giving all and you are just receiving 10% in response ha <sighs> How painful that would be. Sometimes I look at certain Christians and the way they behave. And I begin to feel the pain for Christ. How would he be feeling? That he gave up his life for you. And he wants you to live for him. If I died for you, it should be easier for you to live for me. I'm very sure that as Kevin sees that. If a car was about to knock Kevin. And I push him away. And the car kills me because of him i'm sure that kevin will vow that whatever my father discussed with me whatever my father wanted me to do whatever my father had left behind my mother and and the children i will make sure i don't disappoint my father this man sacrificed his life for me i must sacrifice my life as a living sacrifice for him that is all that's what christianity is about it's not about God carrying you. It is about you carrying your cross and following him. Are you, are you here? Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? The greatest thanksgiving is to offer your body completely to him. Offer your body as a living sacrifice completely to him. That body does not belong to that boyfriend. He cannot sleep with you before he marries you. That body does not belong to alcohol. It belongs to the Lord. That body does not belong to weed smoking. It does not belong to, to cigarette smoking. That body does not belong to that prostitute. It does not belong to that sugar daddy who is using money to manipulate you and to destroy your future. That body does not belong to him. The Lord said offer it as a living sacrifice. As a living sacrifice. As a living sacrifice totally to him as a living sacrifice totally to him totally to him totally to him and as we're beginning the next half of the year i am calling on you to respond to this call i'm calling on you i beseech you by the message of god i beseech you by the message of god that listening to his voice today give him offer your bodies to him as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto him deal with that sin deal with that attitude deal with it deal with it deal with it he wants all of you 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 he's looking for all of you 
you are not here you are not in church to ask him what he can do for you you are in church to ask him what can i do for you lord what can i do for you lord what can i do for you lord this is not some prosperity game this is not some 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 society this is not a place to find friends if you find one thank god for finding one if you don't find one you didn't come here to look for friends you came here to have an encounter with the lord you came here to have an encounter with the lord you didn't come here to be pampered so if you are not visited that's not the reason why you are here You are not here to receive, you are here to give. And if you have that mindset, blessing follows you. When you see people praying for blessing, you know they are not working for blessing. You know they are not activating the right forces for blessing. Number two is the grain offering. A grain offering. When they had done their harvest and the Lord has blessed them. They bring to the Lord in acknowledgement of divine provision. In acknowledgement of divine provision. Lord, I didn't get this by my intelligence. I did not get this by, by, by my, sm my smartness. So they bring to the Lord as a form of worship. Wheat, barley. They bring it to him. Say, Lord... I've come to worship you with this. I've come to worship you with this. Look at you. You can't even pay tithe. You share the preachings of preachers that are preaching against what the fathers have preached over the years. I've told you here. Any pastor who says I have a special revelation from God and that revelation differs from all the established biblical interpretations handed over to us if a revelation is so personal then there is something wrong with it if a pastor has to criticize another pastor's sermon for his sermon to make sense then there is something wrong with that pastor if a pastor has to attack what the fathers are doing in order to gain popularity and come out with things you have to be careful you have to be careful and you know why because you don't want to give all and not even the tenth that god is asking you to give because you don't want to give it you love that thing you share it you comment this you will not share what i'm preaching now you will not share this you don't like it calls you into the highest good. It calls you into deeper commitment. What is what it's about? This is what Christianity is about. It's a life of sacrifice. If you can bring it to him, if you can acknowledge him. And look at this. It, 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 the grain offering had fine flour, which, which represents the perfection of Christ. The perfection of Christ. They, add, they added oil, which represented the Holy Ghost that came upon Christ. They added frank incense. We talk about moral, morality. 
the purity of Christ, that the absence of, of leaven or yeast, no corruption, separation from sin. And when they are bringing this offering, that's what they have at the back of their mind. I just want to be like Christ. And this was what Christ did for us. He went on the cross as a grain offering. Oh, we are taking two offerings. One for church building and one for this. Then I will divide my offering into two. If I'm giving 100 every Sunday, now I'll give 50-50. I want to outsmart God. I want God to know that me, I know what he is doing. He wants more money. God wants more money. You know, the easiest way not to show commitment to God is to start saying that this is somebody's vision. The easiest way not to show commitment to God is you are using the money for business. The easiest way not to show commitment to God is to look at all your pastor's weaknesses and all the weaknesses of the church and find a good excuse. Christianity is not a life. It's not, it's not a convenient life. It's an inconvenient life. It's an inconvenient. I, I used to, listen, listen, listen. Sometimes I ask myself, how is it possible for our brothers, the Muslims, you go to office, you are dressed in suit, but you have to pray five times a day. And it is afternoon, an MD will remove his shoes, wash, wash his hands, fold his shirts, wash his face, wash everywhere he needs to wash, and pray. Let's say the dawn one is at home, but now he's in the office. Around three o'clock, there should be another prayer. He takes off everything, washes himself, and goes to pray. Guess what? You imagine this. The Jews have to pray three times a day. There is no religion that offers convenience. Especially the one that the Lord died for. It doesn't offer convenience. It does not offer convenience. And if you want a convenient religion, you are in the wrong religion today. Number three, they brought to the Lord a peace offering. In Leviticus chapter 3, they brought to the Lord a peace offering. Another name for this offering is, is the, the, I think the fellowship offering. And uh, I want to quickly, the simplest way I can explain this to you, my friends, so we can live here. The simplest way I can explain this to you is something that happened between me and mommy long ago, several years ago. We had an argument in the morning before she left for work. We had just been married for about three years. And the argument was very fierce, very, very fierce. So she left for work. While she was away in my sober reflection, I felt, no, I didn't speak well. I think I didn't speak well at all. So what did I do? Bought flowers. Bought a card. Asked for forgiveness. Didn't want her to come back home. Wanted to appease her before she gets home. Gave her the flowers and the card. I left it for the security man. Are you going to give it to my wife? Do you know my wife? The nicest girl here. You know her? 
go and give it. Go and go and give it to another woman. Oh, my wife went and gave it to her. So I was at home in the evening while she was also coming. She came with a very nice tie and also gave it to me. I offered a peace offering. She gave me peace. I used that tie for 12 years. I used that tie for 12 years. I was preaching in one church when the Lord said, take off the tie and ask anybody who will buy it to buy it if they want to have success in marriage. One man bought, I think, about $2,000 and sold it for the church. But I offered a peace offering. And that, that, is, that is the whole concept of the peace offering. They take it to the Lord and wants to have, wants to have that fellowship, wants to have that closeness with God. He carried it. And Christ did that for you. You are peace with God today because Christ was sacrificed on the cross. Christ was sacrificed on the cross. Christ was sacrificed on the cross. And let me tell you something, friends. Let me tell you something. And take this very seriously. If you don't have peace with God, you can't have peace with yourself. There are a lot of pains and anger and jealousy and enviousness in your heart is a sign that you don't have peace with yourself. And you don't have peace with yourself because you don't have peace with God. And because you don't have peace with yourself, you don't have peace with the people around you. So look at you, you are angry at yourself and you are angry with people. It's a message. You have no peace with God. Yesterday I was walking around the school and doing um, a live video to tell friends to tell her. And one of them said, Bishop, you are always happy. I, I, anytime I see you, you are happy. I said, Lord, I said, I said, my dear, even in the valley of the shadow of death, I have the joy of the Lord. I said, that's the difference. For the believer is the joy of the Lord. If you truly are born again believer, one of the things that Jesus did for you was that he paid the price for your peace. And the peace of God who surpasses all understanding must guard your mind and your heart. If you don't have that peace guarding your mind and your heart, you will always have problems with people. People you should not have problems with. You are angry. You are bitter. You are envious of people's success. But you see, because you think of yourself more highly than you ought to, you have even failed to diagnose your problem. That my problem is that I am envious. I am jealous. My problem is that I'm quick-tempered. My problem is that I don't have peace with myself. So you don't look at yourself. You look at other people. Jesus dealt with the most difficult people on earth and he was still fine. I've been pastoring this church for so many years. And I've been pastoring all my life. Not this church, but all my life. For 20, when, uh, when I was 22, I became a pastor. When I was around 14, 15, I was a home cell leader. When I went to secondary school, I was an SU leader. I have built friends 
for so many years, I can't remember when there may be arguments, we may disagree on some things, but I don't remember where I've had furious contentions that have separated us on bitter grounds. No, I have peace of God. And I am, I, wherever I enter, I enter with that peace. If you are struggling, you are depressed, you are worried, please reconnect to that source, reconnect to God, reconnect to Him. Don't look for somebody to blame, don't look for a situation to blame, reconnect to God. Loneliness is not the absence of people. It is the absence of a meaningful relationship with God. <laughs> I spent almost all my life on four plots of land. Almost all my life on four plots of land every day. And yet I'm not lonely. I'm one of the happiest men on earth. Because I have a meaningful relationship with God. I call on you to enter into that meaningful relationship with God. Strengthen your relationship with God. Strengthen your relationship with God. Jesus paid for your peace. Don't let the devil take it away from you. He paid for your tranquility. Don't let the devil take it away from you. You have the right to enjoy peace. You have the right to enjoy the, the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. You have the right to be happy. You have the right to smile. You have the right to laugh. You have that right that's been given to you as a result of Jesus dying for you. Fight back. Reconnect to him. Focus on him. Dedicate your life to him. This is the real life. The life Jesus gives is the real life. If this life is not enough for you and does not make you happy, then you be, you're having another life other than the life Jesus said he will give, that eternal life. It is not a life that does not have problems. No, there will be problems. There will be difficulties. But it will never take away your peace. It will not take away your joy. It will not take away your health. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver him. The problems may be there, but you are better. You are stronger. You are more than a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror. You must rise up and overcome that situation. Rise up and overcome that situation. You are better. You are stronger. You are stronger and better. You are stronger and better. Don't let that thing drive you down. Sometimes it is like they have hanged um, a, a stone on you and have put you in the sea. And you are going down, 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 down. And this bitterness and, and um, anger and unforgiveness. And, and they are driving you down. And they are driving you down. And the Lord is there. The Lord is saying, I am here. Come to me. You are stronger than that. You are better than that. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me today, heal yourself. When we start the revival, the first sermon I'm going to preach is going to come from, from the parables of Jesus. 
we look at the parable of, 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 of the good Samaritan. The man that was beaten was about to die. Four things happened, or five. Bandage. Bandage your wounds. Don't share them with people. It will fester. The essence of bandage is to ensure that bacteria that the doctors here do not settle on the wounds. It's not everybody you talk to. It's not everybody you discuss your pain with. Bandage your wounds. Sometimes you know how to bandage it. Come before the Lord and pray and cry on him. The whole world will hear your problems. They will not be able to solve it. Bandage your wounds. You will be wounded, but bandage them. Bandage them with prayer. Bandage them with the word. You will be wounded. Somebody will wound you. But be careful. If you leave that wound unbandaged, others will hurt it more. They will make it worse for you. When it was bandaged, he poured oil on it. Do you need the anointing? You need divine enablement. Anointing is a divine enablement. Lord, help me to get out of this. Lord, help me. Lord, help me to get out of this. And then he poured wine. And in that relationship with the Holy Ghost, you should be drunk with the Holy Ghost. And in that relationship with the Holy Ghost, then you need a donkey. You need somebody to put you on his donkey. At some point, you need to go to the right person. Donkey is the symbol of service. Is there a servant of God? Is there someone with a spirit of humility who can help you out of this? Talk to the right people. When you talk to the wrong person, when you are in a difficult situation, you are finished. One wrong advice will get you out. Please, don't go. When I offend you, don't go to people that are also feel I've offended them. Don't form. If you really want to be healed, go to someone who is my best friend. That is how you deal with it. Don't form a gang of offenders. The association of rebels. The brotherhood of wounds. The wounded brothers. The wounded brothers incorporated. What a message. When I say what a message, say what a bishop. What a message. That is all. That is all. Hmm. Papa, papa, papa. Le mama, masukabaya. Hmm. And then there is what we call the sin offering. The sin offering. The Old Testament, you sin, you have to go and give an offering. You have to go and give an offering. The Old Testament priest, they were better than us. You have to give an offering. Every little thing you do, you send an offering, and most of them are kept by the priest. Today you are fighting as tight. You sin, you give an offering for sinning. Intentional and unintentional sins, you have to carry offering. Sometimes I read the Old Testament, I say, I wish I was a high priest in the Old Testament. Would have been very easier for me. Very easier. Oh, very, very, very easy. I don't remember the, high, the Old Testament high priest. Did they fast? 
no fasting. I didn't even hear them visiting, going for house to house. They didn't even go for evangelism. No evangelism. Oh, they have too much to eat. You take a car, sometimes they can just remove a part of it and burn it. The rest is this. In fact, they have something they call, a, uh, they, they had a fork. That they go into where the animals are, the bowl they have cooked inside, then they put the fork inside. Bram! Whatever comes out is for them. Like me coming to your office, I put my hands in your money, whatever comes out is for me. Some of the Old Testament priests went to do bigger forks. They go, Bram! Uncle Sabon said, Yes, Yajonam. But Christ paid this for us. Christ paid this for us. Christ paid this to, to pay for the wages of sin. To pay for the wages of sin. Then finally, the guilt offering. The guilt offering. When you sin, it comes with a certain amount of guilt. Even though this particular offering was um, you sinning against certain holy holy arrangements and other things but you see for the new testament believer sin comes with 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 a guilt now hear this jesus did not just forgive your sin but he also justified you okay let me do a quick illustration brother omo and brother chris come here quickly quickly come 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 actually let me do a quick illustration let's see so this is brother omo this is brother um, chris so brother chris said brother omo has stolen his money and he said brother i have caught you so and then he's begging him to forgive him and he says no i won't forgive you let's go to court then they take the kids to court then he gets a good lawyer. Then the lawyer comes to defend, even though he has stolen, stolen the money. But the lawyer finds a way and uses some crosses and some laws and some articles and all those things the lawyers here will know. And then gets you acquitted. Even though you stole it, the court has acquitted you. So you have become just as if you have not sinned. Justification, just as if you have not sinned. Jesus did not only forgive our sins. If you forgave Brother Omo, you stole your money and you forgave him, he will forever become a slave to you. Because between the two of you, there's a secret. When he sees you talking to me, he will think you are telling me about his test behavior. You see, you talking to another person, you think. So, forgiveness on the surface like that will not have mattered. So Jesus did not just forgive us. He decided to go to court and justify us. Are, are you here? To justify us. So, if you have a good relationship with him, you will not be dying of guilt. You have become just as if you have not sinned. Are you here with me? Now, all these five offerings, Jesus put them together and went on the cross for you. Once he went on the cross, all the offerings, 
God didn't need them anymore. Anybody offering it is offering it as a religious purpose, but God didn't need them anymore. God said, now I need you as a living sacrifice. 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 One of the first signs that you were a living sacrifice is service. Serving the law from the bottom of your heart. I pray that this message will bless you and make you a living sacrifice and live a holy life for him and love him deeper and serve him better. I pray for you that this message will have impact on your Christian life. That as we enter and begin the new, the second half of the year, this message will change the way you relate with the Lord. Lift up your two hands. Take me back, dear Lord, to the place where I first, first received you. Take me back. Let's sing. Take me back, dear Lord, where I first believed. Oh, take me back. Take me back, dear Lord, to the place. Take me back. 